Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Hello, America. It is Friday, and you've got the podcast to end the week in the right way. A lot of fun today. Uh, Plus, we delve into some of the other things that are going on. For instance, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. We have two journalists who are actually doing journalism and looking into what happened to Jeffrey Epstein, what's about to happen with the woman who was at his side the whole time. Is she even safe? Also, an incredible story from Joe Connor. I read this story uh, a couple of days ago at townhall.com. It's something that happened to him and his family in 1975. This is the problem with erasing history or not knowing it. How could something that happened in his family in 1975 affect you today? Oh, wait until you hear this story, because it affects your life big time. Disturbing. All on today's podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Pat, Mm. um, you are a guy who really, I mean, you understand the English language like very few people do. Um, so I was hoping, because I think he's speaking English, I was hoping you could translate and tell me what Joe Biden was talking about uh, or what he's trying to say here Okay, live on ABC. Here he is. Listen. He knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. I, what I propose is, is <laughs> it can be done. I think we're in a position to, to really make it happen. Yeah. And my team and your team mm-hmm. are already working closely together mm-hmm. and light, to light up the path forward here. I don't have a team. Critical laws like the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. The PRO Act. On politics like the prevailing and... Pro- look. Look. Yes, I'm, I'm getting... I'm, I'm just look, taking too much time. He's too deep you know, right now. In the, he's I'm too deep. Much, that is his defense. He, look, he got okay, too deep so what I don't there. know what he... <laughs> I don't know... What was he saying here, uh... Because, you know, we missed the very first word. Could you play that again? We missed the very first word, too, because it was uh-huh. an interesting word choice. Play it again. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. Okay. I, what I pre- Lonnie knows. Mm-hmm. Lonnie knows that. He believes this uh, with every fiber posed. of his being. We're posed. Of his being. We're posed. We're posed. <laughs> okay. So. I think the man so, is ready to lead. Oh, I think he's ready to lead. Yes. He's ready to uh, lead us right to a nursing home. Yeah, that's where right. he's leading. Can I tell you something? Uh, wow. Can I tell you something? And it would be the fitting ending for 2020, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah, it really would. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, if, the, if this guy is elected, you're mm. actually voting for his vice presidential choice uh, for the top of the ticket. Yes. You just have to understand yes. that. Yes. If, if you're going to yes. vote for Joe Biden, I, you know, not long mm-hmm. into his first term, the vice president will be the president of the United States. I well, Lonnie knows. I really believe that. 
Lonnie knows. Well, Lonnie we're, knows. We're that posed. We're posed. Yes. We're posed. And his team and my team, we're working together. Well, but look. I didn't look, know that. I, l- I didn't look, know that. Yeah. Look. I, I, I've, look. I, I've said too much. I, I, et cetera. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I, there's okay. something I really love about that defense mechanism. Right. It's like whenever he screws something up badly enough, he just says he's been talking too long. Yeah. It's like most yeah. people are able to just yeah. continue to talk <laughs> and get through all the sentences right. with the words in the right order. You've literally been talking for about 10 seconds. You really haven't said that much. <laughs> yeah, you haven't. Okay. No. You, can we play it one more time? Because I think it's so deep uh, what he said here. Lonnie knows I believe this every fiber of my being. We're posed. We're posed. Uh, we're posed. I, what I propose is, is it can be done. What? I think we're in a position what to, what he to really make it happen. Be done. And my team and your team uh-huh. are already working what? closely uh-huh. together and light, to light up the path forward maybe, here. Maybe Critical laws like right. the PRO Act to strengthen collective bargaining. On politics uh-huh. like prevailing and... Pro- Look, failing and look. Yes, I'm, I'm getting. I'm, I'm t- taking too yeah. much time. But, you know. Look, I'm, I'm just getting senile. Um, I, look, I'm just getting senile here, and, and I think we all know that. So I should just stop talking. There is an interesting thing that goes on with Biden, where he's not completely gone because he's still able to catch no. that he sounds like an idiot in the middle of it. Yeah, like he's still catching these right. things. He's like opposed. You know, crap. Uh, what I propose, and then he corrects himself. He's still at the level where he can recognize his moments of senility. That's not going to last forever. But what he proposed was, we can do this. What great. what you're pro- <laughs> wait you're proposing? No, what he proposed was this? look, look, we can do this. Right, right. Look, and we right. can do this. He gets so far down the road and realizes there's no, it's a dead end. Right, there's no, yeah. there's nowhere, nowhere else to, to go. go. So then he, that's when he says, look, I'm just, I've been driving too long. That you know, we're just gonna pull the car over on the side of the road right here in the cul-de-sac and call it a day. <laughs> All right, can, honestly, would you, if this was your grandpa? Mm-hmm. And he said, "Hey, kids! Uh, everybody, pile into the car. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take us for a drive." Would anyone in your family maybe say, "Hey, Grandpa, how about if I drive?" Yeah. Or is or is he still driving in your family? Nope. No. Absolutely no. not. He's not driving. No. 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 This is this is crazy crazy mm-hmm. um all right let me let me change uh, subjects um the supreme court uh, has ruled that half of oklahoma <laughs> belongs to the indian tribe uh and so i mean it's like half of tulsa yeah um and 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 and, and really what they did gorsuch was right in what he what he ruled congress never said the treaty is up they never said that so if they think the treaty is up then they're gonna have to act unlike what john roberts did with obamacare he didn't change the law because he knows the supreme court justice can't change the law Mm -hmm. so actually the one i think is wrong on this one is john roberts because he's again saying Oh uh, yeah, but this is what they really meant. No, no. They, if they they have to do it, if that's what they mean. Well, I mean, you know, that's not just Roberts though. There, that was Clarence Thomas and Alito. And no, I know, Kavanaugh. I know. I mean, so and their argument was more about how it was handled in the process and who should be responsible yes. for it. But um, but but it does right. seem like the as tip, as is typical, the reason this issue exists is because Congress just wasn't clear and did their <laughs> job. 
Plus, the issue really yeah. for me is that they took the whole Cherokee Nation and they they put us <laughs> on that reservation. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, they took away no, our way of no. life, the Wait. tomahawk, the bow right. and knife. Wait, your right. way of life? What are you? Yeah, uh, uh, they took away our native tongue and uh, taught right. their English to our young. You're young. I mean, yeah. You're yeah. Not- all the beads. You know what's really All the weird? beads we made by hand. You <laughs> okay. know where they're made right. nowadays? Where? In Japan. Hmm. Or maybe yeah. even more Japan. nowadays. Okay. China. But Indonesia. Still, yeah. So, so Vietnam, okay. maybe. Okay. Korea. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the Cherokee Nation is, you know, on the Trail of Tears, which I think, mm-hmm. I think Andrew Jackson was a monster. He was a monster. Uh, he was corrupt. He was a Democrat, by the way. Um, he was corrupt. He did not care. He was a racist. He put them on the trail of tears uh, and did take away their land and, and broke all the treaties and everything else. And he did it for greed, personal gain. Now, with that being said, I just would like to point out uh, that uh, the Cherokee Nation on the trail of tears, uh, they did travel uh, with their African-American slaves. So let's just keep that into perspective that mm-hmm. per capita, the Cherokee nation owned more slaves than white people did. Uh, and uh, slavery wasn't a white thing uh, because they were enslaving, you know, uh, other tribes before we ever got here. Um, and they didn't release their slaves until two years after America released hers. But, uh, but let's not talk about that. That's inconvenient. We don't want to hear about that. That doesn't (laughs) really fit what we're talking talking about. about. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know what you're saying. In fact, are you speaking English? I don't think so. I mean, with someone to make a point that dumb, get into the radio (laughs) hall of fame. No, it can't happen. That can't happen. (laughs) Cannot happen. You need, you know who you need? It's not going to. You need, wait, (laughs) wait from NPR. Cause, uh, wait, 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 don't tell me from NPR. Oh, they don't even name the people yeah. that are going in. It's just show. Wait, wait! Don't tell me <laughs> it's just show. <laughs> it's a show. Yeah, so you're putting a show in the Radio Hall of Fame? All right. Well, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think you're right. John and Ken deserve well, deserve to go instead of you. <laughs> but um, <laughs> if you get turned I down, I don't mind. Lo- if you get turned down for the second straight year, I'm going to be pissed. I was pissed last year. And Are I'll be, you? Yes, I'll be doubly. And so I know that means a lot to the Radio Hall of Fame people. So just know you're going to get the wrath of Pat. <laughs> the guy who didn't get foreigner into the Rock and yes. Roll Hall of Fame I'm will be coming after you. Still working on it, though. We're still in their picture. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see in the uh, longstanding, oh, my goodness. In the longstanding local show category, the, uh, Mark and Brian are actually up this year, too, which would be kind of cool to see. Them Those guys there. are good, too. Yeah, really good. And they Those just guys are great. Yeah, Bob Rivers. I mean, there's yeah. some really big names in there that, that that could go. And I don't know if they only can only one get in in each category. Is that how it works? Or yes, you know, yeah, that's how it works. Okay. It's kind of like you know, four year right. consideration. Mm-hmm. It's the Oscar thing, you know. 
Okay. So, all right. And it's an honor just to be nominated twice. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you and, lose uh, this, you're not going to be saying that after this year, are you? It's, it's an honor just to be nominated. That, that won't be a thing after this year. I mean, look, I, I think. No, I didn't. I haven't said that no. sincerely last year or this year. <laughs> no, it's about winning. Look, I, I definitely think, uh, you know, look, Glenn has had a, a, quite a career, even though obviously Pat and I have been really responsible for all the good things. Oh, but yeah, I mean, sure. when you come down to it, Wait. does Glenn deserve <laughs> to be in the Hall of uh-huh. Fame? Sure. But would I rather have him have to suffer it out until year five? Yes. Uh, the last on the last vote. You know, I I saw that I was nominated yesterday, and I and I looked it up, and because I, I thought I'm Susan Lucci, I will be nominated 18 times, and I will never get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, and no, they have a special rule. You can only be nominated five times. And then after that, they're like, look, this loser's not getting in. <laughs> so stop it. Okay. Just stop it. Uh, but the audience can vote starting Monday. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. Yeah. I believe it is mm-hmm. Monday. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. you know, are they going to vote for Stephanie Miller just to spite you or uh, wait, wait, don't tell me from NPR. Uh, probably if if I lose to the NPR people, I think this audience, you know, this audience, yeah, Pat, oh yeah I they hear, do it just I mean, be, to be funny, <laughs> just to be funny, just to be funny. Yep, <laughs> I could see that happening. So if I lose to NPR, it will be just for the laughs. I know, I know this audience, and I thank you for that. I really do, and I'll be laughing. Oh, it'll be funny. With the NPR. Oh. Don't, don't, or wait, wait, or stop, stop, or whatever that show is. Man, that's going to be good. It's going to be good. Uh, All right. Thank you, Pat. Uh, Pat Gray Unleashed is heard on uh, the Blaze Radio Network, and you can hear it every day um, prior to this show, or you can grab it wherever you get your podcasts. The best of the Glenn Beck Program. And I think this is reasonable. He was charismatic. He had a lot of money. Um, he had powerful friends. And so you could think that he was going to get away with it. But I, I don't understand why these very famous, influential people, um, uh, if, if they knew why they would hang out with him or participate at all, just the chances of being blackmailed uh, would be off the charts. Well, certainly some felt that way, uh, and some didn't. But but I, I think the shocking the, uh, the shocking realization is that so many people didn't feel that way, and very prominent people, academics, financiers, media, um, and I think that's that's a surprising thing. Yeah, I, I think that's I had a uh, well the character of the people that were riding on the plane. Yeah, exactly. To do, yeah, to do so, that, to, to continue to associate with him, especially after, um, you know, his first arrest in 2007. Florida. Yeah. 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 So, Elena, I, I had a, uh, I had a, a very important uh, person in the art world in New York City tell me that, um, you know, when you look into some of the, the, into the art world in New York, it is human trafficking it's i mean it made some incredible claims and as i was looking into this and i saw how he was so influential um and the the people at the uh, what's the big art school um that he would uh support 
the the person that was in charge of that that was saying no 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 you could get more money over here but you are going to sell your work to this person and he's going to help do you think they had any idea what was going on or did they just see this as money well um you know i i don't know in that specific instance but i will say i mean i will say that's horrifying because especially as a young art student you know you're trying it's, it's extremely hard to make it in that industry professionally and you have somebody who ha- has this power over your career um, putting that immense pressure on you. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's, an, it's an awful situation. And, and that was kind of what Epstein was able to do. He was able to see these people, individuals who had le- levers of power, and he was able to use that. He was uh, extremely manipulative and uh, good at conning people. So, Daniel, you said earlier that now the federal government believes that uh, uh, Maxwell was was his partner in crime. Uh, That was not believed for a while. And how much danger is she in now in prison? Well, the only reason I say it wasn't believed until now is because she's been running free. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people imagine that she had she feared that the American government was coming after her, she would have left America. She has two other passports in addition to, to an American passport. She had, you know, the feds estimate $20 million. She has the means and the access to go elsewhere, and she didn't. So I think that's so, the strongest you know, sign we have that she didn't fear the government. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. And don't forget, rate us on iTunes. So uh, we have uh, Epstein in prison now, uh, and he's finally been nailed. Uh, Is there anything that shows why this happened this time, why the government seemed to take it seriously and he couldn't get away with it anymore? Well, I think the biggest thing was Donald Trump got elected. And I know it seems totally disconnected, but uh, as you'll recall, he, his labor secretary was Alex Acosta. And Alex Acosta was the prosecutor in Florida who um, came under criticism for going soft on Jeffrey Epstein the first time. So in a weird way, I think, at least, that the connection between Donald Trump getting elected, I mean, in a weird way, I think, like, if Hillary Clinton gets elected, sort of the Jeffrey Epstein story goes away. And in a weird way, it was the media trying to go after Donald Trump that, you know, then mm-hmm. went after Alex Acosta and therefore reignited this firestorm around Epstein. So it was a weird confluence of events that, in my mind, uh, leads to Jeffrey Epstein being locked up. Okay. So now he's locked up. And you guys really went in and you talked to everybody. Did you do you have an opinion? I know you're both journalists, so you probably won't give it. But do you have an opinion on whether or not this was a suicide or assisted suicide? Um, Well, we think based on who we talked to and the investigation, it's really hard to dismiss foul play. And we think that there are legitimate questions about the story that we've been told by the government on this one. So, I mean, we, we tell we to prison, give me who actually worked in the prison who said this doesn't, you know, doesn't make any sense. 
um, it, it would be extremely difficult for him to kill himself in that way without any sort of outside help. So give me the give me the outline of the case that he couldn't have done it himself. Let, let's start with the cameras. Cameras went out. Anything suspicious there? And the other cameras that were around there show that there was nobody coming in. Yes. Um, so the, the fact that the cameras weren't working. So t- talking to people who had worked in that facility, MCC, which was the facility where he died, um, they said that for such a high-profile prisoner, you would have those cameras noticed immediately that they were not working and they would be fixed within five minutes because this was, I mean, you, you know, this was not just some run-of-the-mill prisoner. It was Jeffrey Epstein. He was mm-hmm. uh, certainly the most high-profile person who was at that uh, institution at the time. And he had allegedly already att- attempted suicide before that, um, you know, just a month before. So, they, so uh, yeah, they, they said that it's, it's really hard to believe that the cameras wouldn't, wouldn't have been noticed within minutes and fixed. And the fact that this is multiple cameras we're talking about here uh, is definitely a big red red flag. So the the cellmate that he had was transferred out and never replaced. How odd was that? And and that also was very strange because typically what they do um, at MCC is when they when they transfer one person out of a cell, they they move the other person in at the same time. It's just easier that way. You know, you, you, you say, all right, you, you're out, you're in. Um, you, you know, you're doing it all at the same time. Um, Jeffrey Epstein was also um, under he was, by his medical uh, doctors. They had advised that he should have always had a cellmate because of the first alleged suicide attempt, which I, I just want to add also Jeffrey Epstein denied that he had tried to commit suicide that first time, and he told his lawyers a different story. Um, but yeah, he was supposed to be at all times in a cell with a cellmate, and that cellmate was transferred out uh, the day prior the day prior to his death and was not replaced. Okay, so wait a minute, Daniel, tell me about the doctors. He said uh, the doctors said that he was suicidal, tried to kill himself. But he said to his lawyers that that wasn't true. Which one do you believe in? And why is there this disparity? Well, I guess, you know, we should concede that we'll never know. But I think Jeffrey Epstein, um, there's no reason to believe that he was lying to his lawyers. Uh, also, I mean, he, he led his lawyers to believe that it was some sort of joke gone awry. Yeah. Maybe he was lying. You know, if you want to believe it, maybe you want to. Maybe he was lying so that he could commit suicide later, uh, if if you want to. But I, I don't think the doctors were necessarily lying. I think they they just they they just weren't on the same page. I mean, people can have a disagreement about uh, various facts and, and these kinds of scenarios. And I think you know, I, I think another uh, aspect of this, of course, is the physical evidence. And we talked to uh, Dr. Michael Bodden, the independent pathologist who who oversaw uh, the the uh, autopsy. And he said that the physical evidence suggests is that it was a homicide, that it's more consistent with a homicide than a suicide, the way that the neck is broken and the various physical evidence is, is compelling, according to him. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so he's also Dr. Michael Bodden, so he's a very well-respected forensic pathologist. He was hired by Epstein's brother um, after his death to oversee the autopsy, kind of be an independent monitor for the government uh, government's autopsy. And Dr. Bodden has been on a panel since the 1970s that looks at every single death in the New York state prison system. This was a panel that was started by uh, Governor Rockefeller. And so he has looked at, you know, uh, just every every suicide that has taken place in the prison system. And he said not once prior did he have a case where you saw the same bone breakage uh, as, as he did with Epstein. He said, there was three. There were three separate bones that were broken in his neck, and he said you just can't recall any suicide um, where where that happened. So I, I think that is pretty compelling. He he found that this was much more consistent with a homicide. So who could have pulled this off? I mean, you know, if you if you're into conspiracy theories uh, on the right, you've you've met somebody who has said. Oh, the Clintons, they kill everybody. They've killed like 570 people so far. Um, yeah. But, you know, I don't believe that Hillary, you know, Hillary was donning a mask at night. And I'm not sure. sure that they have that kind of control. Who would have the access and the ability to pull this off besides an intelligence community? Well, when we talked to uh, Epstein's lawyer, uh, David Schoen, who is a longtime defense attorney worked with, you know, worked for years on cases like this and had his clients die in prison. Um, you know, he, he said that he thinks somebody killed Epstein. He doesn't think that it was the Clintons. He said, I don't think the Clintons did it. I just think it was a regular, somebody killed him. So his, his idea is that this may have been another inmate. Um, you know, Dr. Michael Bodding kind of walked us through that scenario as well in the book. Um, in addition to people who had worked at MCC, who we spoke to, who said the way it could have happened is if one of the other cells in Epstein's, um, you know, his area was left open um, or just left unlocked, and Epstein's cell was left unlocked, and the guards just turned a blind eye to this. Um, I, I think it's interesting to note, too, that after... Epstein was found dead, the, you know, more around 6.30 a.m. Uh, on that morning. The other prisoners were all pulled out of their cells and transferred to a different location in the prison. Um, so we don't know, were these people ever interviewed? Like, were they, you know, what, what did they witness? Um, I, I just think it's interesting that wow. they were immediately transferred. Well, I mean, if I were going to, if I had the power, um, the way I would do it is I would go to a prisoner there and say, hey, listen, you know, it'd be a shame if this ever happened and you found your uh, cell unlocked and his cell was unlocked and who knows what could happen. Maybe I could help you out down the road. I mean, yeah. you know, that that's, are, are you suggesting that this was just somebody in the block that was like, oh, I want to kill somebody? Oh, his door is unlocked. Or do you believe that there was some sort of a uh, a, a prompting from somebody? Um, I, well, I mean, I could have been either. 
go ahead. Go ahead, Dan. Either. No, no, you go, you go. Okay. I mean, I think, you know, I don't know if you've seen The Godfather, but yeah, I think you can, you can always kind of get to somebody in prison if you want to get to them. So, uh, (laughs) yeah, I think that, I I think it could have been either one in that case. So, so Ghislaine is a sex offender. So he's, he's really got a target on his back. Um, right. High profile prisoner. Okay. So Ghislaine is supposed to appear in court today. Um, do you believe Barr when he says she is going to be the most guarded person in prison history, that nothing's going to happen to her? Uh, and will she speak out to save herself? Well, you have to be a little skeptical of Bill Barr, uh, considering that after Jeffrey Epstein had died, he announced a big investigation that we'd get to the bottom of this. And ever since then, it's been total silence. Um, he, of course, it's not as though Jeffrey Epstein wasn't a high profile uh, inmate because, of course, he was. And, of course, mm-hmm. you know, he was supposed to be taking precautions then. So I think you do have to be skeptical as far as Maxwell. From her point of view, look, she's facing 35 years in prison. She's nearly 60 years old. It would be effectively a life sentence. And assuming she gets to trial and assuming or, or she, assuming she's alive, you would think that she would be willing to play ball with prosecutors and try to work some sort of deal so that she wouldn't be facing life in prison. Now, I don't know how much she's willing to give, but I, I'd imagine, uh, you know, prison is not something that she's going to like. It's not it's not in her DNA. Not that it's in anybody else's, but she, she I think she's I think she, it's pos- very possible that she talks if given the chance. Is this a story that either of you have confidence we are going to know in our lifetime what happened. Yeah, you mean what happened with Epstein's death or what happened? Yeah. And what, it, yeah, with the entire operation, whether he was, you know, uh, uh, working for the government in some capacity or if he was, you know, killed in prison, are we going to know uh, what happened? You know, I, I hope I'm hopeful, but I, I'm a, I'm I'm mixed. So I don't know if you saw, but on on Twitter a couple of days ago, the, the former CEO of uh, Reddit said something like, "Well, we saw Ghislaine Maxwell at these parties, you know, 15 years ago, and we all knew that she was procuring young women." And um, right. she, of course, came under attack and people are saying, well, if you knew about it, why didn't you do anything? And, and uh, you know, which is, right. of course, a reasonable thing to ask somebody who says that. But her reaction, of course, was to go silent and to uh, hide her Twitter account and, and things like that. So I think there's no incentive if you're involved or you had any knowledge to speak out about this. It just it just right. damning toward you. So th- I think I, mm-hmm. I think that's a strike against us ever finding the truth is that people don't have incentives. If you call up the rich and famous who were close to him, you know, like how come Bill Clinton has never given an interview about Jeffrey Epstein? They, they just sort of release a right. statement that washes their hands and then they step back. They're not right. pressed to give right. answers about what they knew when they knew and, and what they did about it. Um, Alana, um, Alana Goodman, uh, and Daniel Halper, uh, they are co-authors of the book, uh, convenient death. This is a fascinating story and we're just at the beginning of it. Thank you guys so much for being on and sharing your information. I appreciate it again. Uh, convenient death, the mysterious demise 
of Jeffrey Epstein available wherever you buy your books. Na, 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 na.